0: To always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game you can find us on Facebook at The Game Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram at The Game Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Welcome to a very spoopy episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP.
1: I'm your terrible friend, Zuck.
2: And I am the master of Screams, Zar. <laughs> so, listeners, you might have noticed a few tweaks by now. Well, that's because it's Halloween. As of the release date of this episode, it is actually Halloween. So funny how that works out.
0: Yeah, because we planned for that, <laughs> right?
2: No one, no collusion, <laughs> no collusion.
0: <laughs> so,
2: to all of you wonderful listeners out there, happy COVID Halloween, whatever the hell that means.
0: <laughs> yeah, what does that mean, Zar? <laughs> it means no trick or treating or haunted houses. <laughs> so, then what's even the point? Scary movies. Oh, no. I love scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie? Ooh, that's a tough one. The Conjuring Two.
1: Killer clowns from outer space.
0: <laughs> Way different sides of the spectrum.
1: <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what my favorite scary movie is. I really watched um what was the last one I watched that I really liked? Fuck, what just came out? What's a scare that oh, hold on. <laughs> anyway, it's probably it, chapter two. That's my favorite scary movie. I'm done. Thanks for waiting. Maybe wait, wait, your <laughs> time. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like we just hit a stop sign.
2: <laughs> anyway. Sorry, what are we doing today? To celebrate this chilling holiday, the Game T crew came up with a new themed segment entitled, MESSED UP GAMING MOMENTS.
1: (laughs) Train to Busan. I was thinking of that one. Train to Busan. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. Anyway, back to scary stuff. Thank you for- It was just driving him crazy. (laughs) Like it's a South Korean thing, so of course I don't fucking remember.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Anyway. Well, This segment is simple. Each of us have dug up three repressed memories from games that we had played in the past, and we're going to share those moments with all of you fine listeners out there. We're gonna take turns briefly talking about one game at a time, say what it's about, then we'll describe the moment that made us a little less than enthusiastic to continue playing. Finally, we'll pick each other's brains as to why the experience made the list, and now, It's important to note that these gaming moments don't actually have to be scary. They can be tragic, they can be gory, and they can even be cheerfully twisted. The only rule is that a chosen moment messed up your mind in some way. Hence the title of the episode. So before
0: we begin, do you guys have any questions? No, I'm extremely excited. I picked out three moments that I'm actually really excited to talk about. For how much they scared me at the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the name of the game, boys.
2: Well, with all of that being said, are you guys ready to get spoopy? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Czar, since you're our spoopy host, set the tone, baby cakes. All right, let's get spoopy.
2: So, before I begin, I think everyone will notice a theme in my messed up gaming moments. Well, a couple, actually. Anyway, the first oh shit moment that I have for all of you comes from Resident Evil 4.
0: Uh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> and, you know, as I have mentioned a couple times on the podcast, I got really interested in Resident Evil, the entire franchise, because I used to watch my older brother play this specific game when I was about 11. So the story follows Leon S. Kennedy as he scours a rural European village for the president's daughter. And as cliche as it sounds, this game is actually quite good and pretty scary at times. Along the way, Leon faces disgusting parasites that morph villagers' bodies into grotesque, worm-like monsters. But naturally, as for movies, video games, the monster isn't the only thing that spruces up a good horror game the atmosphere of the game plays a huge role. And believe me, this atmosphere is terrifying. Leon will go from poor rural areas to tight seaside cliffs and even a Gothic style castle filled with haunting cult monks armed with crossbows that are ablaze. Now, this game makes sure that players are ready to face its horrors because not even 10 minutes into the fucking game, players are given a brutal test and all you can hope to have accomplished by the time you hit this scene is a couple of weak villager kills and barely a handful of bullets to pick up. Oh, there's also a dog that you can free from a bear trap, and it's highly recommended that you rescue it. But that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. So you're having fun. Maybe you're thinking you're going to kick some major ass until you approach the village. And the scene starts with Leon spying on the filthy villagers moving to and fro with wheelbarrels of hay and buckets of chicken feed. However, upon closer inspection, Leon discovers that the villagers have started a bonfire at the center of town, which had apparently been started to burn at the stake one of the cops that brought you to the area. Horrified and furious, Leon charges the villagers only to be met with sickles and pitchforks to be hurled at at him. This is where you're supposed to run. There's no escape and about 30 villagers trying to slice a nice rump roast out of your tushy. Not my tushy! Leon's only option is to scavenge supplies and fight off as many villagers as possible. Pro tip, you can mostly avoid the villagers. They're virtually endless. (laughs) Plus, the area has a ton of goodies that is essential in a few moments. Pro tip plus, always go for the shotgun and the grenades and never get cornered. That's good advice. Yeah, you're welcome for those pro tips because this, as I said, this event is timed. And after about three minutes of running around, the villagers will bust out the big guns. Suddenly a large man with a burlap sack over his head will charge you out of nowhere, swinging a massive chainsaw covered in blood. And swiggity swooty, he's coming
0: for that booty. Not my booty.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now Leon is faced to make two choices run around in circles, screaming like a mandrake, hoping to hell that he's not caught by whirling blades or fight the tough bastard with everything he's got. Either way, Chainsaw Guy only sticks around for about five minutes until all of the cultic villagers are summoned to the church and leave Leon alone and confused. Now, remember to keep in mind that I was 11 when I witnessed this and believe me, my brother was quite unsuccessful when I watched him play. In fact, I saw my first decapitation that day. Oh, goody. And it was beautiful. <laughs> that sounds like something Czar would say. Actually, I th- I saw my first five decapitations that day. <laughs> I mean, video games are all about trial and error. Am I right? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> well because of that scene i developed a faraway fondness for the franchise but it would be many years before i built up the courage to face my fantasizing fears it was really important to me that if i were to play the series i had to start with resident evil 4 and i even made my first attempt when i was 15. Long story short, I died once to the chainsaw, noped the game back to its case, and didn't try again until I was like 18 or 19. And even then I lost as many Leon heads as my brother did.
0: Ugh, man oh man. And so that's
2: my first scene. The chainsaw guy in the village center fight 10 minutes into the Resident Evil 4.
0: I didn't play Resident Evil 4 myself. I watched some YouTuber play it, and I don't remember who the YouTuber was anymore. I remember that scene, and yeah, you're right. It sucks, it's scary. I mean you have no supplies and you're just tossed into a
2: massively difficult fight. It's insane.
1: Hmm. Ooh. Ooh, JP,
2: you go. Yes, JP, what terrifying tale do you have for us? Wonderful
0: question. So, for my I first think one, You mean horrible question. Shut up, (laughs) (laughs) Zar.
1: Zar, are you getting off on this? I feel you're getting off on this.
0: He really is. You know how we were giving you crack last week by letting you talk about World of Warcraft? That's how Zar feels now, talking about Halloween.
2: Yeah, the month of (laughs) October is a very uh, hype month for me, let's say.
0: (laughs) And I wish we could have some Halloween shenanigans, boys, but I guess this will have to make do for now.
2: Happy COVID Halloween. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. So I'm going to go with my very first one. Um, It's actually from Pokemon, which you would not expect because it's Pokemon. And Nintendo is supposed to be the king of family friendly games. And so you're probably thinking, what the hell is there in Pokemon that could possibly trigger some type of like scary moment or bad memory and the fact is there's actually a couple like the ghost girl in uh the fifth gen games that you find it might have been sixth gen but what i'm talking about today is the lavender town theme music and the creepypasta that went along with it do you boys know what i'm talking about
2: Ooh, i just got goosebumps because that music started playing in my head
0: zach You're a big Pokemon guy. Do you remember hitting Lavender Town in the first couple of Pokemon games and hearing that fucking awful music? Yes. Yes. Stop. Okay, that's enough. Stop. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah, I do. Scared. Scared six-year-old me or five-year-old me. I don't know how old I was. Scared 26-year-old me.
0: (laughs) No, that's exactly the thing is like... So I was introduced to this from, like, a very young age. And the first time, obviously, because it's Pokemon, the first time I heard it, I didn't think much about it. It was like, um, I didn't have a Game Boy yet, but a friend of mine let me play his copy of Pokemon Red for a little while, and he wanted me to hear the music. So I was like, hey, 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 go to this town real quick. And that fucking song started playing through the speakers. And at the time, you know, we were, like, camping out in someone's backyard, and I'm like... Okay, this is unsettling. <laughs> that's terrifying. But at the time, you know, I fo- I forgot about it quickly. I was a young kid. I was probably thinking about blowing bubbles or something. Um, it came up again when the whole scary game craze started coming out and YouTubers like Markiplier started to become popular. You know, these this whole like I had this fascination with horror, and that's how I started getting into like gaming creepy pastas. Well, one of the very first gaming creepypastas that I got into was the Lavender Town theme music. And, you know, the creepypasta essentially goes that when the game was first released in Japan, there were several suicides that took place amongst um, kids who had heard this song and then, you know, started having these mental health issues because of the music. And along with that, there was like the whole ghost thing where if you went into Lavender Town, uh, the little cemetery for Pokemon and you played the music, you'd be able to see ghost in the audio files that turned out to be a hoax and was just a fan made thing. But still, I saw the creepypasta and I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Lavender Town music. And so I looked it up out of sheer curiosity. And the second it started playing through my computer speakers, I was teleported right back to that first moment I heard the song. And I don't know why, even though you know that, you know, the creepypasta is a bunch of hoax. There's something about the song that just creates so much dread for a Pokemon game that you just wouldn't anticipate. Um, And that's pretty much it. It's just like, I really love the Lavender Town song because I don't know what's wrong with me. If it's if I'm some kind of sadist, but I love I like the shivers that it gives me. I like being kind of like, I don't like this. Not to mention, like I'm a huge fan of creepypasta in general, especially video game creepypasta from, you know, Ben drowned, which is not great enough time. Creepypasta all the way to there's tons of Pokemon creepypastas, but lavender town, man, it hits so close to home because of how real it is that this music is unsettling. Yeah. That music
2: is hauntingly beautiful. And I think it's really interesting that you chose this specific moment because unlike a lot of other creepy pastas, I'm fairly certain that this specific one is seeded with a minor amount of truth. Because I think that when the game was originally released in Japan, the t- the music was different and by the time it made it over to America, it was Essentially the same Lavender Town music, but altered just a little bit because what they found is that there was a hidden frequency within the Lavender Town music that only children could hear because their ears hadn't gone through years and years of wear and tear and lost their sensitivity and because of this high-pitched frequency that only children could hear a lot of kids developed like migraines and a lot of doctors thought that there was an outbreak of like brain tumors going around because of this music so Game Freak had to change the music before it got launched worldwide.
0: That's exactly why I think this creepypasta holds up so well is because Obviously, creepypastas are just supposed to be scary stories, but like there is a nugget of truth within this one. Even if none of that is true, you can go listen to the song and still feel like it could be because of just how awful the music is. And I know that Lavender Town is already, you know, uh, a town in Pokemon that's surrounded with death and sadness in the first place. But this music just drives it home so much. It's uh, I love it and hate it at the same time. And that's the first one for me. Zach,
1: what do you got, man? I love video game music. So I remember this. I was with a friend. Um, I don't know him very well, but I remember this experience very well. And um, we were playing Halo together in my room. I was maybe eight or nine years old, I want to say. And we were playing Halo Combat Evolved. And what was really exciting about this is I had an Xbox, but I didn't play like rated M games and stuff. I was still like the Nintendo guy, you know, whatever. Um, and I just remember, like, we had we had played together. We'd done a lot of stuff. We were blowing up rockets, just having a really good time blowing up aliens. And I remember being, like, kind of put off by the gore and stuff because it was, like, one of my first big boy games. You know what I mean? Like, I was, like, I'm growing up before my very eyes. And it's just, like, there's some stuff that I'm uncomfortable with. But then we get to this level where we're in the library and it's all dark and there's just eerie music playing. And it's not as catchy as like the opening theme of Halo, but it's still in there. It's giving you that sense of dread, like you talked about that Lavender Town. And then you just hear this like skittering sound of like bugs. And like, lo and behold, oh. I'm thinking of like spiders and shit and things that I'm like, okay, I don't like this. And then I just see this overwhelming number of freaking little plague-like vermin flying at it feels like they're like crawling on top of each other like skittering towards me and i'm unloading my assault rifle as fast i can to try and get rid of them and sure enough i die in like under five seconds because they're just crawling over me i'm like i'm freaking out because i'm like Like, i don't know what to do (laughs) correct me if i'm wrong but you do have a spider
0: phobia don't you
1: i'm not a full arachnophobe but yeah i i i'm a little bit more over it now but back then yes i was very scared of spiders i just hated those little creepy crawlies And um, so that flood just really like, oh, I literally like almost started crying in front of my friend. And like everyone knows that's like a, I know, back in the day, people would show you for crying, which uh, hopefully people don't do anymore.
0: People are going to think I'm a bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. I'm most definitely a bitch. But God, guys, that was so scary. Um, So I was trying to be tough playing Halo and it broke me. It broke me.
2: That level broke a lot of people. That is the worst level in Halo. An infinite amount of flood coming at you in a tight corridor, and all you're supposed to do
0: is run like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, that was a great that was a great one. And I actually remember that part too. It didn't get to me as much as it did to you, it sounds
1: like, but I jumped. Yeah, just all like, and when you shoot them, they'd like explode and it's just like, oh, it's just all sorts of gross. Like when you step on a spine, you see their gut, it's just, oh. It's like you shoot one and two more pop up. (laughs) Yeah, it was nuts.
0: Oh, boy. Ooh, hated that level. All right. Well, Zara, I think it's full circle. Your turn again.
2: Next on my list comes from a game developed by one of my favorite studios, the Underutilized Rareware.
0: Underutilized is right.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're not getting any love whatsoever now, but Back during the company's glory days on the N64, they developed a game called Donkey Kong 64. And holy crap, the nostalgia surrounding this game is intense for me. I started playing it when I was about five or six, and I I always played it at my daycare center. The daycare center was run out of this woman's house and was the best daycare center ever. Fight me. (laughs) Anyway, all the kids wanted to play N64, and all we wanted to play was Donkey Kong 64. And so I was just starting my obsession with video games and was still not very good at playing them yet, so I mainly just watched the older kids. Mm -hmm. But for those of you who never got to experience this game, firstly, I'm I'm so sorry. And secondly, the story follows the well-known ape named Donkey Kong as he attempts to stop the nasty King K. rule from blowing up Kong Island. But this is a feat far too great for the fashionable gorilla. So, he is accompanied by the DK crew. So, players must swap between Diddy, Lanky, Tiny, Chunky, as well as Donkey Kong to move forward in the game, all while mastering each monkey's diverse abilities. On the surface, this seems like your typical Nintendo kids game Becom- becomes very clear as children were progressing in this game that they were fueling nightmares. Most of the game's scenery and music is cheerful and whimsical, from swinging from vines to launching out of barrels. It looks mostly harmless. Hmm. However, other parts tell a different tale from fast paced minecart racing that twists and turns through giant flame eyed skulls to even a blood curdling scream signifying the ghost of the deceased Wrinkly Kong was about to give you some hints. This game was a little bit on the dark side, but no more so than when it came to fighting a boss. So when the primates entered boss's chamber, they are first met with a small lit torch chamber, a giant wooden door and two ominous looking sprites. The first sprite is a tiny blue starving hippo that has an appetite for bananas, (laughs) and the hippo overlooks the player atop a raised platform. The second sprite is a rather fat pink pig that is also standing on a platform connected to the first platform. High above the pig's head is a key that must be turned to enter the actual boss fight. The obvious solution is to use the bananas found within the level to feed the hippo until it's big enough to raise the pig's platform, at which point the pig will turn the key. Now, once all that is done, the torches suddenly blow out, leaving the Kongs in a dark room. The boss door selects only one Kong that is allowed to fight the boss, Then the door squeaks open, revealing a pitch black room. Odd magical swirls start emanating from the boss's chambers, almost like it's saying to the player, come hither. Uh. The specific Kong has been chosen. They catch one last glimpse of the hippo, hippo and the pig, and they seem to be laughing at the player as you enter. Once the player crosses the threshold, there's no going back because the giant door slams shut behind you and a demonic cackle sends you to your fate. Which leads us to the boss fight that terrified me. For this fight, the adorable, lovable, innocent Tiny Kong is called out to fight the terror of the toy chest. Jack in the box. Obviously, from its name, the boss says a giant Jack in the box. However, it's clear that this toy has seen better days. Tiny is elevated high into the air on top of a platform two steps wide. She is surrounded by a grid of non-connecting identical platforms with different color patterns. Then enters Jack, who pops out of his box, revealing a tattered and shredded toy. Snarling with razor-sharp teeth and wriggling his cartoony fingers, the boss cackles at you before retreating into its box and starting its assault. Tiny must avoid getting squished by a bouncing box, dodging fireballs and explosive lasers, all while hunting for the Switch residing on the same colored platform as the monster to win this battle. Oh, and I forgot to mention that if you fall off the small platforms you have to start over and the boss turns invisible after taking enough damage
0: hmm okay
2: yeah it was a terrifying experience i had nightmares for years about this toys cackle and to this day i don't trust those stupid music boxes rareware you make some messed up games and i absolutely love it i i cannot get This demonic toy out of my head, and that was always one level that I never played. I would just skip it over.
0: Yeah, you've talked about that before, and I am so incredibly curious now to like, I don't know, YouTube this or go play the level for myself or figure it out because I don't know in my head I'm like it can't be that bad, but I mean that's the same thing you'd assume about some fucking music from a Pokemon game.
2: Yeah. Right. We should totally post a picture of this specific boss because my words don't do it justice. It is. Oh, it's creepy. It's so creepy.
0: Yep, I can do that. And yeah,
2: that is game number two for me. JP, what's next for you?
0: So what's next for me is actually a whole level of a game rather than just a particular moment of the game itself. In my opinion one of the most well done horror games of all time is slender the arrival and the reason why that's a little bit surprising is because slender the eight pages the original game you know you guys remember when that was a phenomenon in gaming everybody downloaded it everybody played it to poop their pants and for me it was actually the beginning of like the introduction of a lot of youtubers that i like like markiplier got his start with horror games uh you know usually the amnesia series but one of his like even earlier games along with that was playing slender the eight pages so i got into that so i was incredibly excited when i learned that slender the arrival was going to be a full length well-made horror game featuring slender man But it was so much more than that. They nailed everything in this game, including the ambiance, the characters, the stories. It's everything a great horror game should be. Psychological horror mixed with a lot of great jump scares. And for the most part, like, I don't get too skittish playing horror games, truth be told. Like, I have more of a good time. I'm scared, but I also have more of a good time that usually presses me to go on. There's only been a few times that I've literally dreaded playing a level. And part three, Into the Abyss from Slender the Arrival, is that section for me. So let me set the scene here. You're trying to look for your friend. You're wandering through the forest because why not? Why? Where would your friend be other than the forest? That's a place to wander at night. <laughs> oh, so you come across this deserted looking shaft. You're going through the woods. It's starting to get dark. Dusk is setting upon the setting or upon the landscape. You're frantically trying to find somewhere to hide from an approaching slender man. And you come across this shaft where there's construction going on and lots of tunnels and caves. Where else would you rather go to hide from someone in the middle of the night? That seems like a great idea. Yeah. Given the
2: option of a nice cozy cabin with a warm fire and a terrifying mine shaft, I'd choose the mine shaft every time. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right. So you enter this mineshaft, right? And your goal is there's an elevator that will bring you up to the next level so that you can leave the mineshaft and continue through the woods. Unfortunately, in classic horror genre trope, you can't do this until you turn on the six generators that are randomly placed along the level in different locations. So it doesn't seem that bad. They even give you the first generator as a freebie. As soon as you walk in, there's a generator right there waiting for you. And there's even a note that says, hey, to get this elevator to work, just turn on the rest of the generators. Seems simple enough. Thanks, Phil, from maintenance. (laughs) But the second you turn on that first generator, the doors behind you close. You hear the whirring start of the generators down an empty, echoey hallway. And all of a sudden, it is dim. It is dim, and all you have is the glare of a flashlight as you try and fumble your way through these dark corridors to try and find the rest of the generators. So you start on your merry way. You try and go down the hall, and you try and find the generators, but all of a sudden, very, very faintly, you can start to hear the pitter-patter of little feet. You can't tell from where it's coming from. You can't even tell if it's really there, to be honest, but you do hear something. And all of a sudden, that sound gets louder and louder, and louder, and you realize it's coming from right behind you. So naturally, what do you do? You turn around, and you point your flashlight towards the dark hallway, only to see this terrifying little white demon ghost child has been chasing you down the corridor for a while now, and you need to run away from them. It's terrifying. I hate it. And this kid is absolutely terrifying. And if he catches you, he jumps on you and starts bashing your face in. And you can only take a couple of those before you lose the level. So the way you combat this is your flashlight actually has two modes, a long range mode where you can see like a deeper down into the hallway, but with a smaller circle and like a ranged mode where you get like a smaller field of visibility, but like wider. Well, what you do is you kind of create a strobe effect with the flashlight and that'll freeze that little fucker for about 30 seconds before he starts chasing you again. But it's not enough time to get away from him. So while you're constantly wandering down these hallways looking for these generators to turn on, you have to live knowing that this little fucker is chasing you the entire time you're doing it. And as you turn on more generators, more of them show up. There's actually a second kid that shows up after you turn on like the third generator. And after the fourth generator, not only do you have two of these terrifying little psychopaths chasing you with their stupid pitter patter feet all over your headphones, but Slender Man himself starts to show up, transporting and showing up exactly where you don't want him to be. I have never felt so much more dread playing a level in a horror game than I have with this. And it's exciting but it's also terrifying how much they nailed it. The ambiance is perfect. The whirring of the generators mixed with the echo of the deep hallways and the pitter patter of the feet of these little things chasing you with the occasional gasp for air. It's so well done. It really is. I mean, at the end of it, after you're done panting for air and you're going up the elevator to, you know, reach the sweet relief of not having to do this anymore. All you can think of is, wow, I am terrified. And that means that these developers did a fantastic job. And that's the second moment for me.
2: You know, I made the fatal mistake of trying to strobe Slendy. I got dogpiled.
0: No, don't do that. It only works on the kids. The kids, the kids freeze up. Slendy just gets mad. Yeah, (laughs) he does. He's like, hey, cut that out. I feel like I really missed something with the whole Slenderman phase. I never made you play it, Zach, but oh, my God, It the eight pages, like I said, was OK. It was the gimmick of the time, the flavor of the month. But it was the catalyst for a lot of horror games that we see now. And Slender the Arrival was really, really well done. A fantastic horror game.
2: The story was even incredible for it, too. I mean, spawning from a creepy pasta that really didn't have any story. It was just a, a- creepy campfire tale they really turned it into a full-fledged game and it was amazing fantastic game
1: Mm
0: -hmm. all right zach
1: your turn tell me what spooked you all right my spoopy moment comes to you from when i was probably either in eighth grade or ninth grade okay a little more recent i am staying up late um it's probably about 3 a.m i just got done dueling a bunch of people my elemental shaman And, um, I think it ends up being almost 5 a.m. And so I'm sitting on the game and then all of a sudden this, like, really, like I'm in the middle of, um, yes, I'm sitting in the middle of Goldshire. That's where you go to duel all the people, but you know, it's getting late. Like I've dueled everybody to, you know, get better at the game and I've taken everyone down because, you know, I'm super competitive. I'm the last one up every day trying to like beat people. And so I'm like, okay, no one's on, like, what do I do now? And so I, I start seeing like this like weird event that I've never seen in the game before. And there's just a bunch of kids just walking around, just five kids. Why is it always kids? And the, the music changes to like some, like the music just stops. It's just dead silent. And you hear these kids walking around and there's just like weird, creepy footsteps. Like it doesn't sound like kids. And I'm like, okay, that's weird, what the hell's going on? So I follow these kids. You did what everybody screams at horror movies not to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's World of Warcraft, so I'm thinking, like, what could possibly be going on? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, it's fine. Like, it's it's wild. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you know, like, there's nothing too crazy going on. And, like, there's talks about, like, Karazhan and, like, how, like, that's, like, a crypt of the dead and, like, all this stuff. Like, you know, I'm in the middle of Goldshire, which is right next to Stormwind, which is, like, you know, like, this is, like, one of the safest places in WoW. So I'm like, there can't be anything huge, like, here. And so I follow these guys around. And then there's, like, something whispering in my ear, like, saying, Oh, Will dies.
0: Oh, damn. I don't like that. I don't like that.
1: Like, what the fuck? And so we go into the house. And the next thing I see, these kids are in a star formation, forming, of course, a pentagram. Naturally. And you're just getting these whispers about, like, death and how, like, everything is fleeting. And I am just, like, and you know what? On that note, I'm going the fuck to bed. <laughs> so I log the fuck out, and I'm like laying in bed, and I'm like, "What in the fuck did I just witness?" <laughs> and so, like, of course, I can't sleep. So I get up on my smartphone. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" And there's like this big lore about how like all these things play a part, and like. They have some connection to the old gods in World of Warcraft, and it's just like all sorts of creepy, eerie business that had just no business being in the middle of the freaking starter zone. Yeah,
2: that's pretty good. That's pretty creepy. A timed event at
0: like five a.m. Oh god. Yeah, it's just like why? Why these five kids? So yeah,
1: your turns are.
0: You're up, Czar. Last round. All right. My final
2: messed up gaming moment comes from the most messed up rareware game to date, in my opinion, Conker's Bad Fur Day. And, you know, it's funny how two two rare games made my list. I love the good people at rare. (laughs) Just wish they'd be better utilized. Anyway, (laughs) I digress. A brief backstory as to how this game made my list way back when I was in grade school. The N64 was a huge deal. Shocker, right? (laughs) Well, nearly every day after school, I would go to my buddy's house and we would traumatize ourselves with this game. I have no idea how a couple of eight year olds got their hands on Conker's Bad Fur Day, but somehow we did. And I say traumatize because if you don't know about this game and you're squeamish, I suggest you never look into buying it. (laughs) But for a morbid mind like mine, it's the funniest damn game I've ever seen. For starters, as I said before, this was an N64 game originally, and if N64 owners remember that if you wanted to turn on your console, you knew it was working because the very first thing you see was the Nintendo N logo, that 3D N logo. Well, for Conker's Bad Fur Day, the first scene you're treated to is Conker ripping the logo in half with a chainsaw as the poor Nintendo sprite wiggles and screams in (laughs) agony. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. After the logo is very much dead, Conker even says, stupid logo. I mean, this game breaks the fourth wall, rips off a ton of movies and is definitely not for children. From a strip club full of boulder people to Nazi teddy bears, this game is messed up in more ways than one. Which brings us to which specific moment crawled under my skin? So not too far into the start of the game, you come to a huge barn. And before you can make some real progress in the level, you have to approach a group of three characters, two giant metal blocks and a mouse. And they can all talk, because why the fuck not? (laughs) (laughs) Because why not? Well, one of the blocks is terrified of the mouse and won't climb off the other block until the mouse leaves. The mouse won't leave until you go get him some cheese. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, that's your task. You have to go to the cheese corral and literally wrangle up some cheese hunks. So that's what you do. Once you get rid of the mouse, the block will stop crushing the other block and your path will open up. Simple. As I said before, to do this, you have to avoid getting crushed by other giant metal blocks, smack a hunk of cheese and carry it back to the mouse. Mm. And I forgot to mention that the cheese is also alive, much like every other thing in this game. And so while you carry the cheese back to the mouse, the cheese screams and begs you not to kill it. It really doesn't want to die. Cheery, huh?
0: (laughs) It sounds like it would really mess me up to be honest.
2: Yup. But if you think that's already too much, once you feed the mouse three pieces of living cheese, the mouse starts groaning and then inflating all while screaming in agony until finally the mouse swells up so much that it explodes covering the surrounding area and conquer with mouse guts. All that's left of the poor mouse is a tail attached to a rib cage that somehow manages to fart before the tail finally stops twitching. (laughs) (laughs) I think because I was so young when I experienced this, the scene spawned one of my deepest irrational fears, which, for lack of better terminology... I would call fear of becoming a popping human balloon. Someone please tell me if there's an actual phobia name for that, because it terrifies me inflating and exploding.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I'll look into that for you, bud.
2: (laughs) But yeah, so that was my final moment that messed me up. And I mean, my biggest comparison to this is there was a really shitty horror movie that was made in about 2011 called Slither.
0: Oh, I know Slither. Slither. Yeah,
2: yeah, Some somehow like zombies, aliens, and a worm parasite. Yeah. Well, I had nightmares because of the trailer when there's that girl in the barn that's swelled up like a fat tick, and she's like, something's wrong with me, and then explodes. <laughs> All <laughs> because a- of this freaking game. Thanks, Rare.
0: That sounds pretty funny to be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it terrifies me. Okay, is it my turn? It is your turn. What you got on the final list for us?
0: Okay, so what I have as my final game is a moment that comes from a more recent horror game, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Now, if you have never played this horror game, you are doing yourself a disservice if you like horror games. It is a survival horror game that was released back in 2017. And the premise alone is really, really cool. But again, it's one of the most well-done horror games ever made and it does not get enough credit it was more popular than slender the arrival i'd say but still not popular to the degree that it deserves for how well it was made so the premise of bendy and the ink machine is you used to be an animator that drew pictures for this animation studio called joey drew studios and they had this like mickey mouse Esque character called bendy and it was like essentially what the studio did was they made like old timey looking animation you know like those old old school mickey mouse cartoons that are in black and white you know frame by frame drawn animation of mickey dancing and getting on and all types of shenanigans oh yeah steamboat Willie. yeah exactly Joey Drew Studios make animations for Bendy uh, that are very similar to those kinds of cartoons. And Bendy was like their mascot. He's like this little he's supposed to be a devil, but he's like a cute devil. Like he's got a little bow tie and a big smile on his face and like those cartoony eyes and gloves. It's very reminiscent of old timey cartoons. So the premise is you get a letter from your old boss because you quit working for the studio years ago after conditions for the workers started getting worse. And your boss wants you to return to the studio to see how things are going. So you get to the studio and nobody is there. And it's very mysterious. It's very quiet. It looks like something happened in this place, but you can't really tell what. Well, you go through a couple of levels, you start wandering around, bad shit starts happening to you, and you find out that the persona that you had created, Bendy, was actually brought to life in a horrifying form after Joey Drew himself had tried to physically create the character for a theme park using something called the ink machine. And instead of getting cute little Bendy that the studio loved and enjoyed, they got this horrifying demon that's only goal was to try and kill all of the people that were alive in the studio that premise is already terrifying enough yet very interesting like i said it's a very very well made horror game and i love the premise but the moment specifically that gets to me is actually a series of moments see your goal is to get out of the studio but your eliminate your initial point of entry was blocked off so your new goal kind of in like Outlast fashion, is to get out of where it is that you're being contained in. The whole time while you're trying to go through the story, you meet characters and there's other horrifying things that you have to get through. But Ink Bendy, which is the monster that was created using the ink machine, randomly throughout walking around trying to clear an objective, all of a sudden, whatever you're doing, the room will get very, very, very dark. And a menacing song will appear over the airwaves of the radios that are in the area. And that's how you know that Ink Bendy is in the area and he's looking for you. <laughs> and this what's creepy about this is there's no prompt whatsoever. No matter where you are in the game. Ink Bendy could show up at any time randomly and try and munch on your bones and you don't want your bones munched oh that's terrifying those random encounters you never say that's that's the worst part is like you'll be doing something that's unrelated trying to get through a puzzle or trying to solve something and all of a sudden you forget that it happens the room gets very dark and that song comes on the airwaves and you're like oh my god i've got to hide so that's exactly what you do. You find a place to hide until ink bendy passes. The room will light back up unless he finds you, in which case you're already dead. Whoa. And like I said, this happens many, many times throughout the games. What During my first playthrough of Bendy and the Ink Machine, he did get me a couple times and I can tell you it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, he he himself, he's scary. He's menacing. Again, it's one of those things where you get done panting and you're like, oh my God. That was really well done. <laughs> like you're scared, but there's also that admiration. I am done, Zach. Give us your last gaming moment. I got a classic for
1: you guys. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Ooh,
0: yes. Well, I'm so ready.
1: All right. So we're going back in time. We are at the age of six years old again. Six-year-old Zach had a tough life. Okay, he remembers things. <laughs> He's seen things he wasn't supposed to see. I've seen some things. I've seen them. And so I'm playing Super Mario 64. I'm having a good time. You know. Yippee! All that good stuff. (laughs) And next thing I know, there's like a little, a little like a boo in the courtyard. So I go and mess with the boo and lo and behold, (gasps) oh, when you get the boo to like, you know, you scare the boo away and he dies, he drops a little like cage. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go play in the cage. So I go in the cage, like any good human being would do, I guess. (laughs) Pretty stupid when you say it out loud like that. (laughs) So I'm in the cage, I'm going around and I'm just like, wow, this is, uh, this is weird. There's a, a giant mansion And there's a house to the left And there is spooky sounds all around me And so next thing I know I'm, I'm checking out the spooky room to the left I see a giant eyeball, I say fuck that I leave that room <laughs> <laughs> Then I go into the mansion and I'm like Okay, giant eyeball was that way, so I'm going up The stairs, cause you know <laughs> Can't be anything too bad in the upstairs Of course, of course and Then I got ghosts following me around, which I'm like It's booze, so I'm not too scared But I'm like, you know, booze at the time It's pretty hard to know, you know, like are booze sometimes scared of me when i'm scared of them and then it's like all sorts of funny stuff so i'm running away from the booze instead of you know trapping them because they're scaredy cats just like me but it's fine so i go up the stairs and i go into the first room on the right and i'm like oh thank god the first room there's nothing going on it's pretty quiet look to my left i'm like okay there's just a piano so i walk close to the piano i'm like there must be like a star singing this piano next thing i know guys this motherfucking piano opens it's its mouth and tries to eat me dude yes and i am flabbergasted i like literally scream i jump my mom comes in there she's like what happened and i'm like mom this piano <laughs> ate me <laughs> and then she left she literally didn't even give me the time of day she was so mad that she thought i got hurt or something like i hate you and i was hurt oh shit, ali <laughs> she wasn't there for me Zach, that's a
0: classic. I remember exactly when that happened to me, too. That's made so many
2: top ten messed up gaming moments that I've seen online. Oh, dude. Everyone always talks about the surprise piano because nobody sees it coming.
0: Exactly. You don't see it coming.
1: (laughs) And that's why I don't play the piano. Any questions?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why I I don't play the piano. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) After that. (laughs) Guys, this was a lot of fun talking about our favorite scary gaming moments. Yeah, this was this was great. I I really
2: enjoyed diving through some classic memories that really haunted me throughout my childhood.
0: (laughs) My goal was to motivate a couple people to check these games out. Slender the Arrival, Bendy and the Ink Machine. You've probably already played Pokemon, but go check out Lavender Town. Holy crud. I really want to play Bendy in the ink machine. I don't know why I've slept on it, but um,
2: I was at my local drugstore recently and they have their Halloween decorations up. And one of them was like one of those pop figurines of Bendy.
0: Yes. And it it
2: looked very horror like And I was like, huh, why have I never heard of this? I mean, I've heard of it, but never looked into it.
0: Dude, that's the great thing about these games, too, is like uh, the most of our experiences are old. So like these games are dirt cheap. Hell, I think you can pick up Bendy for like $15. Good luck finding Conker. Oh, yep, yep. OK. Now, yeah. For that one, maybe. But
2: although if you do have an Xbox, you can buy the Rareware collection and the original N64 version of Conker's Bad Fur Day is included on it. Not the remastered version that came out in like 2002.
0: Yeah. So anyway, That pretty much concludes our spoopy Halloween special episode. Indeed, and we hope all of you fine, ghoulish listeners out there have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye.